name of the one true and living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. We're all given to this kind of thinking from time to time, especially when we see or experience something traumatic. Lord, if you had been here, you could have stopped this war between Russia and Ukraine. Lord, if you had been here, that tornado, that hurricane, that earthquake, that natural disaster would not have happened and taken the lives of so many people. Lord, if you had been here, you surely could have stopped that mass shooting, that kidnapping, that murder, that suicide. Lord, if you had been here, fill in your own blank. Everyone can see that this world is broken. Everyone knows that things are not right. And when we experience the very personal pain of tragedies and traumatic events, what we're really wanting to know is this. Does God really care? Is God even there? Far too many people have fallen prey to the perception that God is not there, or if he is, that he just doesn't care, at least about them. And so they reduce their lives to a type of wishful thinking. Tomorrow will surely be better, they tell themselves, but on what basis? If we somehow just sleep it off, Will the problems and the pain just magically disappear? And isn't this really, isn't this really the source of our substance abuse problem in our society? We can't just sleep it off. We can't deal with it. We don't think that God is dealing with it. And so far too many people turn to substance abuse, trying to drown or otherwise drug the thoughts that we don't want to think. What's at stake, of course, is the very person, the very presence, the power, and the promises of God himself. If God is really there, if God does really care, how do we know? What sure and certain signs do we have to tell us that we should trust God and turn away from the futilities of wishful thinking and the fatalities of substance abuse? As we enter the story, we encounter Mary and Martha, Mary and Martha are mourning the death of their brother Lazarus. And Lazarus, well, he had the worst of it. After all, he was the one who had died. 
Nothing is more painful than death. And if you've ever lost a loved one, you know what I mean. Now, what's interesting to observe is the things, are the things that Mary and Martha already believed. For one, Martha at least says that she believes in the resurrection of the dead. Martha tells Jesus that Lazarus will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Then again, could she really be sure? What evidence could she offer for her belief after all the last day had not yet come? let alone someone coming back from the dead to tell them about it. And moreover, the Jewish theologians were divided over the very issue of resurrection. Yet Mary and Martha also had a belief in Jesus. Even if they didn't yet have the full picture, they had heard his teachings, they had witnessed firsthand his miracles, so they were convinced that if Jesus had been there, then their brother Lazarus surely would not have died. And with all of that in mind, let us now turn our attention to Jesus. Now, before Lazarus died, Jesus knew that Lazarus was sick, and yet he does not come to him to aid him in his time of illness. In fact, the scripture says he stays in the place where he was for two more days. What kind of friend is that, you ask? What kind of savior is that, you might say? Doesn't that validate the very idea that God doesn't care that God wasn't there? On the contrary, my friends, what this validates is that God knows exactly what his purpose is. God knows how he will handle every single situation. God knows how he will handle every single person. After all, Lazarus wasn't the only one who needed Jesus. Everyone needs Jesus. And what we're seeing is that Jesus is just as concerned for everyone else as he is for Lazarus. And we know this because Jesus comes back to Lazarus. And importantly, he comes back after Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days. Why is this important? So that there could be no question. No question that Lazarus was dead. Dead, dead, as you might say. Why is that important? That's important so that there could be no doubt. No one could say Jesus had resuscitated a man who was sick. Everyone would have to say Jesus raised a man who was dead, dead, dead. But before we get to that, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about the Jesus who wept. Why would Jesus weep knowing what he was about to do? Because he loved Lazarus. And what better way could God possibly express his love for humanity than to share in our suffering? To anyone who would wonder whether or not God is really there, to anyone who would consider the possibility that God doesn't care, behold Jesus, 
the incarnate Son of God, weeping over the death of his friend Lazarus. Grieving because he of all people knows that death is not what he wanted for us. But because we subjected ourselves to the consequence of death when we sinned against God, if God were going to save us, he knew he would have to come and get us and to raise us from death to life again. And now we turn to Lazarus. His earthly body bound with bandages, his face wrapped with a cloth, the stench of death being upon him for four days and then bursting from the tomb as Jesus calls him. Can you imagine yourself being there at the gravesite as Jesus calls out, Lazarus, come forth. The scriptures tell us that the dead man came out and Jesus ordered them to unbind him. Physically, yes, but spiritually also, he was no longer bound by death. Unbind him and let him go, loosing Lazarus from the pain of death, freeing us by extension from the fear of our own death. And we know this, the story's either true or it isn't. Either Jesus is who he says he is or he is not. Either he did what the scriptures say or he did not. And so here's the Bible, an open invitation to everyone who asks these kinds of questions, to everyone who has doubts as we all do. One of my favorite stories actually comes from the Alpha series. If you know the Alpha series, it's a wonderful class in the basics of the Christian faith. Is there more to life than this? Who is Jesus? Why did he die? Why would I pray? How can I have faith and so Nicky Gumbel tells the story of a man who had found himself in prison and someone had given him a Bible to read. He refused at first. However, Nicky says, he tore through the first three gospels quite literally using every single page of the Gospel of Matthew, then the Gospel of Mark, and then the Gospel of Luke to roll cigarettes for himself and maybe something else. But when he got to John's gospel, for some reason the man stopped and he started to read. And when he read John's gospel, do you know what happened to that man? He became a Christian. He became a Christian. He gave his life to Jesus Christ. And so the Apostle John says to the, this to us in the 30th verse of the 20th chapter of his gospel. He says, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that in believing in him, you may have life in his name. My friends, this is the person. This is the presence. This is the power. And these are the promises 
of God in Christ Jesus. That believing in Jesus, we might have life in his name. But even with all of that said, there's one more important point in the story of Lazarus. One tiny little tidbit that shows us about the fullness of God's promise, and it goes something like this. Lazarus isn't here, is he? Nowhere do we see Lazarus walking around today talking about how Jesus raised him from the dead 2,000 years ago. It might be even a little bit awkward to see a wrinkled old man who is 2,000 years old walking around the earth, but I can also imagine an awkward if humorous conversation that happened one day in heaven. I can just imagine Lazarus saying to Jesus, Lord, did we really have to do that twice? Did I really have to die twice? But what does the scripture say? This was for the glory of God. You see, that's the point. Our hope is not here. Our home is not here. To all who would wonder whether or not God is really there, to all who would see and experience suffering and ask if God really cares, the answer is yes. Yes, he does. And the evidence of these facts are found in Jesus. His person, his presence, his power, and his promises tell us the truth, that he is preparing a place for us that where he is, we may be also. To what then or to whom shall we turn? To the fancies of our wishful thinking? To the mind-numbing substances that can only cause us to suffer more? Or to the one who tells us that he is the resurrection and the life? To the one who declares this, that he who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die, and then you can see him staring at us through the scriptures as he says this, do you believe this? Do you believe this? So I'll leave us with a little bit of homework for the week. You probably know this passage. I know one member of our congregation knows this passage. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. My encouragement to you, my friends, in this week, in this season, in this life, is when you find yourself in the twists and turns of your mind that can throw us all off the straight path, lean on this. Repeat it to yourself over and over again. Maybe even just pretend like it's true until you find that it is true because when you do, you will see the glory of God open up in your lives and you will testify to the truth of his goodness, of his grace, of his glory, 
that he is the resurrection and the life. And that all who believe in him, though they die, yet shall they live. Do you believe this? Do you believe this?